Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sick Riff Hall of Fame, a five-part miniseries brought to you by the Gilded Playlist. We are back for week number three on our quest to determine the sickest riff of all time, according to us at least. And today, as always, we'll be bringing you 17 sick riffs to discuss and debate before we cut that list down to four tracks that will make their way into the 616. We took some time off for the Labor Day holiday, but we're ready to solidify our next region of the bracket tonight. This is round three out of four, and, and this is it. Week three of the Sick Riff Hall of Fame. Welcome. Who's out there? Woo! What's going on? There they are. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you all for joining. Let me go ahead and do some intros for the folks you just heard on the line just now. First up, the Sick Riff Hall of Fame's resident color commentator. That's right, his lack of pod prep is his biggest asset, sharing takes in the heat of the moment and rounding each and every argument out with just, it's a sick riff, bro. He's looking to speedrun <laughs> tonight's podcast and has teased some left-field submits. It's my co-host and my brother. That's right, it's Justin Dover. What's up, Justin? I came even more prepared than ever this time. Not only did I not bring my headphones for the recording, uh, but I deleted my show notes on accident. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be off the cuff. Wow. Wow. Awesome. Wouldn't expect anything cool. less. <laughs> <laughs> Just filling that role perfectly, Justin. I, I think it's going to only mean good things for tonight's content. So thanks for coming locked and loaded and, and ready to ready to go. Love it. Oh, yeah. All right. Next up. When he's not hosting 401k dinner parties and proving his Radiohead knowledge stretches beyond surface-level spec, all thanks to the Gilded Playlist, you can find him hammering out Fisher-Price bangers with his newborn at home <laughs> or perusing through his extensive dead bootleg catalog that really just puts Justin to shame. You know, he smacked down Justin's studio dead cut early on in the TGP and has some hot takes of his own on the Sick Riff Hall of Fame. But tonight, he's going to serve as our moderator. A big welcome to Scott for coming on the show. What's up, Scott? Yo, what's up, gentlemen? Good Glad to have to you here. on. Yeah, thanks for that intro. That was real nice. No problem. You know, I, I asked Luke this. Are you you feeling the cobwebs on, on your podcasting routine? Talk me through. Is it good to be back on the mic? It's good to be back. Yeah, a little, little dusty. I had to uh, get my setup going. It's it's not quite as official as it was before, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm flasked up. I'm ready for the speed run. I've got a little whiskey here, and uh, yeah, I'm feeling good. Man, feeling good indeed. Well, thanks for joining, Scott. Appreciate you you hopping on, and we know that we've got some some content from you in both submission and hot takes, so both should, I think, provide quite a bit of intrigue to tonight's episode. Thanks for joining. All right. All right. Last but not least, though his sick riff submit didn't quite make the cut last time around, he continues to keep us honest and on track each week with his complex algorithms and AI horsepower. He conveniently matches up tracks that are sure to tear Jess and I apart. Surely that's just the random number generator, right? But in the spirit of good times and good content, the commission delivers week in and week out. We may not have totally cracked that musical shell of his, but with two weeks to go, I like our chances. Please welcome our master of ceremonies. It's GD Dave. 
What's going on, guys? Good to be back after the week off. Good to be back, indeed. Dave, how's your your long long weekend? You get out there and uh, listen to some music by chance? <laughs> I listen to listen to a bit. Uh, you know, gotta gotta try to slowly work my way into it because you know, I, as everyone knows, I can't stand music. But trying <laughs> trying to crack it, like you said. But yeah, slowly, just in terms of this sure. week's uh, bracket, uh, you know, I I obviously know the songs ahead of time, and there's a couple pretty unique subs in there. So I'm definitely looking forward to the discussion this week. Love to hear it. And thanks for organizing those weekly subs um, as usual, Dave. Thanks for jumping on once again. All right. Those are the folks who are on the line. Let's do a quick recap and then just jump right into it for this week. Once again, this is the Sick Riff Hall of Fame. Justin and I, we have both curated lists of 30 songs each. And then with eight additional songs coming in from the core four members of the TGP, we got 68 songs entering into a bracket-style tournament for the chance to be crowned sickest riff of all time. We are halfway through creating that bracket so far, making those hard decisions. And this week, we're going to be jumping into our third region, debating 17 songs all the way down to four who will make it into the Sweet 16, or 616, as we call it here on the Sick Riff Hall of Fame. That will leave us with you know, 16 amazing tracks to discuss on our season finale and hoping to take one step closer to that finale tonight so all that to say that's what we've got on tap for week three here before we jump in i wanted to get some quick off the cuff thoughts from scott on his takes and impressions on on the sick riff hall of fame so far and then we'll launch into our first matchup of the night scott what have you been thinking as the young guns have taken over the tgp feed and and sort of muddied the waters with some meatballs and sick riffs (laughs) well i love it number one it's been it's been a good time uh I thought week one was was great. Had a lot of you know, interesting matchups, some some real heat. Um, the afterburners were firing up with some Kenny Loggins and the <laughs> Danger Zone. Love that. Love to see that progressing through the through the uh, bracket. Buzz the tower. Uh, week two, I'll admit, week two was a little a little soft. Mm. Um, didn't quite bring the the thunder that I that I was expecting. So uh, I'm hoping that week three kind of brings it around. Um, I'm, I'm hoping for no Cheryl Crow. So that that was. Uh, <laughs> That was kind of the low point for me for the for the pod, and I'm disappointed in my Cliffs of Dover didn't didn't make it. I thought that was a nice nod to you you boys, but uh, I'm hoping my second submission does a does a little bit better. So we'll see. Well, you ticked the novelty box for your first submit. We'll see if if submit number two comes in with any more heat. Interesting to hear your thoughts. I I personally thought week two was pretty strong, but that's the beautiful thing about Secret Hall of Fame. We all got our own takes. But at the end of the day, it's either Justin or myself, or sometimes our moderator. We're going to make those decisions to move tracks into the next round. All right, Scott, appreciate yeah, the two, thoughts. One, yeah, hit can me. I can I jump in? I've, I've got another thought, and I, and I know we're already going long. So we're I going long. Justin, Justin is so, freaking out. Yeah, I have two two more things. One, I can't believe how much love Althea has <laughs> is getting on this pod between you guys. Like it it blows my mind as as a fellow deadhead. Um, I, I love Althea, but I have to say, week two, Althea taking down Enter Sandman. I mean, that is just a, a travesty. I, I, I have to just say that, you know, enter Sandman, four notes of, of pure originality and just the sickest, one of the sickest riffs ever. So Althea is great. Don't get me wrong, but I, I think you, I think you guys may have uh, made a mistake back there, but uh, wow, yeah, I'm just, I'm throwing that out there. That was, that was a week two shocker for me. Gotcha. Um, that's, that's sticking around for you. I get it. Justin, it, you know, Althea, as we discussed, a, a critical song for both of us in our love of the dead. What do you think about Scott smacking it down? 
Yeah, well, you know, this is our podcast, so <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what we decided, and that's what it is. So, you know, I'm pretty pretty happy with my decision to vote Althea through over Enter Sandman. Well, big props to Enter Sandman, though, you know, yeah. no disrespect. But Althea is just too much gas there. It's good stuff. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to being the uh, neutral arbitrator this week. Yes. Um, so... As are we. We'll see how that goes. Wow. Scott just <laughs> bringing the fire right out of the gate. That's that's what we love to to see and hear from our, our moderator guest slot. So I think we're in for a good night. All right. Let me throw it to GD Dave real quick to set up our our weekly submits and, and see if there's any other administrative items before we, we jump on in. Yeah, I don't think there's really much else to cover. So yeah, we got eight, eight songs into the 616 so far, uh, a decent mix of songs and... Uh, Four more coming in tonight, so let's see how they compare. All right, let's do it. And, and that's going to start us off with our, our playing game. So again, these are the songs that are coming from the core four members of the, of the TGP. We've got our guest moderator featured in one of those slots tonight, and then also a podcast Ooh. alum, Luke. Dave, why don't you talk us through these, these matchups? All right, the first song up in the playing game is the main guitar riff from who do you think I was by the John Mayer trio? And that'll be going up against the guitar drum intro from Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. Hammer of the gods right there. <laughs> it's crazy how, how the association with that song has just become so Marvel heavy to be uh, over recent years. I'm sure that's triggered Justin, but uh, yeah, they really monopolized that. Man, yeah, all right. So, not Jack Black driving around in the van in uh, School of Rock? <laughs> it, it, that's what I think endless. of. Year after year, it changes. Um, all right, we've got Led Zepp up against John Mayer. Man. I don't have as much familiarity with that John Mayer cut. Uh, of course, that is going to be coming in from from Luke. Justin, I know that you are a big John Mayer fan, and I think that live, I don't know if that's from one live album or all of that sort of John Mayer trio era. Do you have any quick takes or, or reactions on, on John Mayer? Oh, well, as we've established, a big budding John Mayer fan over here. I'm pretty new to the John Mayer trio, to be honest. Um, there's that one live album, I think it's called Try, right? That's on Spotify that I've mm. listened to a good amount. That's awesome. And uh, the Who Do You Think I Was riff, yeah, that's undeniable right there. Um, John Merritt is finest. John Merritt trio is just awesome. Um, it's up against Immigrant Song, though. So uh, I, I got, I'm already going to give it to Immigrant Song just because that's such an intense Led Zeppelin song. It's a sweet riff, having the drums and the guitar are all synced up together that's just incredible i know yeah. we've had a lot of led zeppelin already on the pod but uh already i'm voting for immigrant song sorry john Mayer, i love you 
Love you, John Mayer. Yeah, Justin, I think I think I'm with you. This is just one of those classic cases where, you know, two great songs enter, but it's it's pretty clear who's going to be the winner. Uh, this has got to be Immigrant Song to me. Yes. Uh, no question. And we've got the submitter of Immigrant Song on the line. Scott, we're going to give you the victory right off the bat here. Give Love us it. your background on this submit. Not your first Zep submit to this playlist feed or podcast feed, but having a bit more success this time around, talk us through it. True. I got cute with my initial Led Zeppelin uh, submission. <laughs> week, I think that was week, week, one, week right? one. Yeah. yeah. I uh, took a gamble. And, you know, this is the sick riff Hall of Fame. I mean, this is, you got to bring the, the you got to bring it. So, you, you know, I mean, throw a dart at, at Led Zeppelin's catalog and you're going to have an amazing riff. Uh, and this one is just a classic. Um, it's undeniable uh, right out of the gate. And, you know, the, especially when the lyrics start too, which it got cut off from that clip, but, you know, Hammer of the Gods, Driving Ships, The New Lands, Valhalla. It's just, it's amazing. That song is incredible. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a huge John Mayer guy as well. Shout out to my little white brother. I think I was even at the show where that song was played. Uh, that's probably from Where the Light Is, the uh, where John Mayer Trio did a set. Mm. Um, if you guys haven't checked out that album or that video, that show, you can watch it. It's awesome. I think um, there was a, a submit that from that show. Was that the listener special? It was. Yeah, okay. yeah. So um, definitely recommend that show. Luke and I were there together. Um, it's a good song. You know, that that riff, definitely a nod to Stevie Ray Vaughan, that kind of chunky, great Fender sound. Um, really good. But, I mean, come on. Immigrant song. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do love that John contest, Mayer so. track, kind of the guitar tone, just so kind of crunchy and, and so much attitude in it. And, and I also love the fact that it's a live cut. I know we've had maybe one or two live cuts so far on the pod, but it, it really brings it all front and center, right? It strips away all the studio BS and kind of, you know, sends that riff to center stage, which, you know, a great submit. And I'll have to check out more of that live album because I have not done, you know, my due diligence on that. Um, but like we said, I think we're going to give this one to Immigrant Song. Uh, truly undeniable. I know I'm trying to, to not use that word, but I mean, come on. It is. <laughs> but you it is. Yeah. You cannot deny it. More All so right. than any sort of Sheryl Crow uh, submission. <laughs> oh, I mean, this is truly a, an undeniable wow. tune. So. I, am, I don't think I'm ever going to live down the Sheryl Crow submit, which I maintain is a sick riff. And as Justin said, this is our <laughs> pod. That's a sick riff. All right, Dave, we're going to give Led Zepp the victory here. What do we got in our next matchup? All right. Well, Zeppelin's going to roll right into its first round matchup going up against the main guitar riff from E-Pro by Beck. Well, that was that was my submit um, coming in from back in EPRO. My backup submit, I will admit, as we discussed in, in weeks past, um, Justin and I had one duplicate song, and so I had to had to pop in with it with another. And, and this was my backup; it just barely missed the cut from my original thirty. But this comes from Beck's album Guero, which was introduced to me by one and only Uncle Uncle Loves a few years back. And this is the first track on that album. And it kind of just, it starts off in a very in-your-face way with that really dirty and gritty guitar riff. And it's kind of interesting because the album itself isn't that like 
guitar heavy and it, it, it maybe doesn't follow through on some of the heavier guitar stuff that's happening in this riff but i i love the way that it just first cut of the album first second hits you out with that guitar riff right away um justin have you heard epro and, and this album are you, are you familiar with it what's your what's your take here yeah i i've heard epro before and i'm sure i've listened to this album before I was actually talking with Loves in person a few weeks ago about how I wasn't the biggest Beck fan, which I didn't realize that Ryan's like the biggest Beck fan of all time. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was a little awkward. But uh, solid riff nonetheless. Um, it really has stuck with me. I haven't listened to that song in a long time, but um, certainly has a place on this podcast. Uh, it's That's good. Yeah, pretty hard to stack that up against um, Led Zeppelin, <laughs> I would say. And, you know, another one of those tracks that I do think is, you know, a deeper pull, right? It's not like an obvious sick riff, but I, but once you kind of run it through its paces and and really kind of get into the groove, I I think there's a lot to be said for it. So that was kind of the reasoning behind my submit there. Um, But going up against Led Zeppelin is is pretty difficult. And I don't, I don't think it's going to make it through, Justin, unless you have any sort of, you know, final thoughts or any any particular way no yeah uh, led zeppelin's got to go through on this one but we'll we'll give an honorary mention to epro that's that's a good riff right there all right i'll take it i'll take the honorary mention uh scott any any thoughts here epro does, does that do anything for you obviously it's going up your up, up against your submit and you're getting two wins back to back right off the start here um, yeah, I feel agree? like I shouldn't even really say anything. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I agree. But, you know, I think that was a good submit. I wouldn't have thought of a, a Beck song like that. But, you know, that's an instantly recognizable Beck riff. Hmm. Um, and I think anyone who's heard that album or that song will kind of instantly remember it. So, yeah, it's good. Um, it kind of ran up against a, a buzzsaw this week. But, uh, and, you know, the fact that it was a backup, it doesn't sound like you're too heartbroken about it. So, um yeah, I'm. I'm wondering. I mean, Led Zeppelin might. Uh, it, it might take some Danger Zone or something for to bring it down, but mm. we'll see. Wow, could we have another Uncle Love submission with the the playing game working its way into the Sweet Sixteen or Six Sixteen rather? I guess. I guess we'll find out. But Scott, starting off strong here, back to back wins. Um, man, yeah, I'm feeling good. I love it. All right, Dave, you want to take us on to our next matchup, the first standard matchup of the week. Yeah, moving on from the the play-in backup, as you said, going straight to the the Justin Blake head-to-heads. First one up will be the main guitar horn riff from Bitch by the Rolling Stones. And that's going to be going up against the main guitar riff from Tennessee Jed by the Grateful Dead. Wow. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> take it away blake tell us about the uh ro- is bitch from the rolling stones was that was that what that song was that's right uh all right 
tell us about that or whoever's submission that was i guess well, you, you didn't think i submitted the de- the dead cut no i'm kidding uh yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> uh the dead was not me um as we know justin is our resident deadhead uh but yeah bitch by the rolling stones this comes from the sticky fingers album arguably their best right in the midst of the total just music domination by the rolling stones kind of late 60s early 70s and this riff, and I don't think the intro clip did it justice, so let me let me play the clip with the horns, but essentially what's happening is Keith Richards is doing his Keith Richards thing, and then they just bring in a bunch of horns to underscore and kind of build on top of it, and it's, it's the defining moment of the song, and it's just so good. So let me run the clip, and then I'll kind of open it up to Justin. We can dig into it more from there. is just that is so good and i think is this maybe our first horn blast on the pod it might be um i think we've talked about this before justin but when you when you sprinkle in some horns into some some classic rock or, or anything really um you are or you're in for something good and i think that's what's happening on this clip justin want to hear your, your quick take on on bitch and then then we'll hear about this grateful dead cut yeah like you said, quick shout out to horns and other woodwind instruments, especially the saxophone. Yes. You know, 60s, 70s rock. That's, yeah, we, we love to hear that. Uh, bitch, it's all right. What? It's a solid Rolling Stone. No, <laughs> it's a solid Rolling Stone song. And yeah, it's a solid riff. Like, it's, I feel pretty medium about it, you know? Um, wow. What, is this on Sticky Fingers, right? It is, yeah. I know Sticky Fingers is like a top one album for you, Blake, but I think uh, Let It Bleed is a better album by the Stones. And I, it's, I don't know, it's not my favorite cut. But, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, but I do agree with your statement on how the horns syncing up with Keith Richards' little main riff. That, that's, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, I, I feel okay about it. Okay. Interesting. I, I, yeah, I know that you're a big Let It Bleed fan. Obviously, uh, Loves got us that album on on vinyl a few years back as another musical awakening moment. Um, but that, yeah, that led me down the rabbit hole and onto Sticky Fingers, which I personally think is is a lot stronger. And I think Bitch is maybe not the best song on the album, and not the only song from that album that's been on the pod. But in terms of sheer kind of Keith Richards riff factor it's it's right up there for me but um let's hear justin i'm gonna run the clip uh, again on this track from the grateful dead because i'll just admit right off the top i i don't know this one so wanna (laughs) you instantly forgot it time (laughs) (laughs) instantly forgot it and and before we we hear from you about it I get the idea. Forgot how Jerry much I Garcia like this song. Noodling. Uh-oh. All right. <laughs> Mo- moderator's popping in here, uh, but let's let's keep it isolated to to Justin and myself. Sorry. Hammer this out unless we need to to throw it to the moderator. Uh, Justin, give me give me the the info on this track. So he, here's the background. This is a cutoff of a uh, Europe 72 which according to a lot of people is like the best year 
slash best tour the dead's ever done. There's a lot of different dead eras. The early 70s was especially sort of more yeehaw-ish, if you will. Very bluesy, very bluegrassy, little country influence. And that's really shining through here on Tennessee Jed. Uh, Jerry, yeah, he's just playing a real, real nice little noodling lick there. Uh, it's that's it's a really fun listen. Um, and the entire Europe 72 album has a lot of, you know, much more bluesy, uh, sh- you know, shorter songs like Tennessee Jed. This is only like a five minute long song where compared to like only later like a 20 songs. minute long dark star which i do highly recommend off of yeah, uh, europe 72 dark star. Ooh, that's a special experience right there oh. but yeah tennessee jet <laughs> the deadheads oh. are at it let's wow. just have a side pot of the dead. <laughs> actually i have a question i have a question and this is a really yeah. interesting matchup that it, it happened to be rolling stones against the grateful dead because I'm a, obviously a huge dead guy, and I never got into the Rolling Stones. I just never really liked them, as listeners of the other pod may know. I kind of trashed them, and I was the one vote who kept them out of the guild. Um, so I'm kind of curious, uh, Justin, Are you? it sounds like you're not a huge Stones guy either, and I'm wondering if this is you know, kind of like people who are really into the dead maybe just aren't as into the Stones. I, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Well, so I, Well, let me get this out of the way. I have some pretty big respect for the Rolling Stones. You know, they super revolutionary band. And they do have a lot of great music. But yeah, for whatever reason, it just hasn't quite clicked with me the way that, you know, maybe it's clicked with Blake or a lot of other people. But yeah, maybe there's some sort of disconnect with us weird deadheads not liking the Rolling Stones. Not enough like long noodling and rambling on, you know? Yeah, you respect them, but like I don't really listen to them and never did. I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. So the riffs, so, the Rolling Stone riffs are too good and too sick and don't have the noodling <laughs> kind of like vibe. Is that what I'm getting? Not kidding. Oh, man. Interesting, interesting matchup. And interesting observation there, Scott, from a deadhead. I, I'd forgotten that you were the one to sync Can't You Hear Me Knocking from the playlist, which I think I, I'm, thank you for reminding me of that grudge because I still yeah. definitely hold that against you. That is it just, is one of my big regrets. <laughs> to to be fair, you better. have admitted that mistake. Yeah, I have. Uh, so, are you guys ready to vote, or do you want to talk more about the Grateful Dead? Because <laughs> we'll talk about them all night. Gosh, we're we're drifting into subpod territory here on the Dead. I'm gonna maybe plant my my flag with bitch, and here's my reasoning, Justin. We we've spotlighted the Dead's noodling already on on Alfia, as we've discussed up top. And I think Althea does two things at the same time, right? It adds the noodling from Jerry Garcia, which is classic and sort of just, you know, the thing that you go to the dead for. But it also has the foundational component of the riff, right? Like that Althea phrase that he starts the song off with exists throughout the song, exists throughout the solos, it it builds and changes in all these different ways. I'm sure it's the same on this track, but I do think Althea to me personally, is much more recognizable and strong in that regard. Whereas this is, you know, like you said, much more laid back and kind of chill. But when I think of, you know, if we're talking about sick riff matchups and we're talking about Keith Richards and the horn section, man, that is so sick. (laughs) And I think, I think I'm going to definitely throw my hat into to bitch um, on on the vote here. So I want to see if that argument has swayed you in any particular way or we, we throw it to our moderator who maybe has some <laughs> opinions on these two bands. I will extend you a small olive branch. If you had submitted Can You Hear Me Knocking instead of Bitch, I probably would have voted that over Tennessee J. Because I 
that's a sweet guitar riff. Um, however, I'm also going to dig my heels in with Tennessee Jed being a sicker riff. And I'm going to cross my fingers because that means it's going to go to our resident deadhead guard. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see what he has to say. Wow. Okay. Man, didn't know there was so is... much love from you, Justin, on this track, but um, I, I'll have to do some more investigating because clearly the passion is there. <sighs> okay. This is tough. This is really tough. And I'll one one interesting fact for me, this was the very first song I ever heard live from the Grateful Dead. It was 1992. I went to my first show at Compton Terrace in Phoenix, and we rolled up. We were late. It was raining, and I we walked on to the grounds, and this and they were playing this song. So, you know, that it's going to be hard for me not to vote this through. However, can I get can I get the clip one more time? Oh, of Bitch? sure thing, Garbs. I got give you. Me, give me the clip once more. Let's bring those horns in. Mick Jagger yelling in the background because of how sick it is. I mean, man. Yeah, and I'm and I'm reminded of another story: the Sticky Fingers, the the album that Lubs his his teacher bought him the the album. Yes. Isn't that the one? That's the, the one, Mister. What is it, Mister Romero? Something like that. Mister Romero, is that right? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this is tough. This is real tough. However, despite my love for the dead. I think I'm going to give it to, to bitch. Wow. I think Let's I'm going to go. do it. You know, it's, it's sick riffs, right? Like that is the Tennessee jet is a, it's a, it's a bouncy tune. Yeah. It's off Europe 72. But when I think about sick riffs, I'm not, I don't immediately think of the laid back head bobbing dead kind of country jams that you mentioned. Uh, and I don't know, like it's, it's, I can't believe I'm voting it down. And like, just like, I can't believe I voted down Althea uh, on the other pod. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm going to vote it down here. Shame wow. on me, but bitch, bitch is moving through. Shocker. Shocker. Dead on dead crime continues. Continues. <laughs> Man, I knew it was a good idea to get Scott on this pod. And I'm not just saying that because I won. <laughs> he probably thought it was a shoo-in. Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Justin with the double dead submit, but Rolling Stones. Man, by the grace by the grace of God, making it through. Shout out, Scott. All right, Bitch is going to win this this matchup. Dave, what do we got next? All right, after a brief appearance in week one, we're going to return to the video game world in our next matchup. Nice. First up is the sick ocarina riff from Lost Woods by Koji Kondo. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be going up against the main guitar riff from You Are a Tourist by Death Cab for Cutie. That's a, that's a matchup. Um, man, Ocarina of Time Oof. riff. Yeah. Is, my mind is blown. Justin, let's go to you first on this one. Have you guys played Ocarina of Time before? Uh, I have not. Of played course. So much. 
Luke and I ditched class when it came out. I used to play these on an actual ocarina. Probably should not comment on that ahead of time. Justin, tell us tell us about what what are your thoughts on on this on this video game legendary riff? I had so many notes written about Lost Woods that have disappeared. So Ocarina of Time, if for those of you listening who haven't played, the whole video game has an incredible soundtrack. It's yeah, the game's based around Link and he has a little instrument called Macarena. And he like the core part of the game is he plays little tunes on the Ocarina and like certain things happen. So there's like there's a lot of great there's a lot of sick riffs in there. Um, however, the Lost Woods really stands out to me because it's a really stressful part of the game. If you've played the game, you know that going through the Lost Woods is just like a horrible experience. Really stressful. And having the awesome little ocarina riff in the background going on, I don't know, it's it's hilarious. So this is a bit of a joke entry, but also... Um, nah. No, yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a good little riff, and I just really wanted to highlight how amazing, in general, the whole soundtrack of that video game was, and just how good the video game in general is, so... There's my take on that, man. Yeah, I just so Blake, you've never you never played it. Are you a Zelda guy at all? Have you ever played any of the games? I this is where I got to I, I got to turn my gamer card in because I I have not spent nearly enough time you know dabbled in, in Breath of the Wild, but that that's surface level spec yeah. Zelda, you know. So I I've got a gap here. That being said, I I know the track. It's obviously an iconic. Uh, musical bump from from just this entire franchise, this legendary franchise, and and it is amazing. And I do think it is a sick riff. I mean, you know, we we've had some video game representation before with Halo. That was maybe a bit more kind of crunchy guitar and or or uh, orchestral. And then this is kind of this like one weird instru- instrument, right? That's front and center and is bopping along with this hilarious, amazing melody. And, you know, you, you always kind of have to think about what the riff means in the context. And I don't have all the concept, context that Justin has, but you know that when you're in it and this riff is bumping, it, you're, just, you're in for a good time. So I don't know. I don't think it's a joke submit, and, and I love it. Um, so, Justin, props to you there. Deep, deep cut. Sorry that all your notes got deleted. I, I had a bunch, man. Yeah, real shame. <laughs> so right. tell, tell us about Death Cab. Yeah, let me talk about Death Cab here. Um, I don't know that much about this band. I think I know some some jokes or, or memes about the band, but this song, for whatever reason, kind of hit a playlist of mine or came on shuffle or something like that a few years ago. And not really knowing anything about the band or the song or remembering any lyrics, this little guitar riff um, just stuck with me and it would just pop into my head at the most random times even though I'd maybe only heard the song once or twice in passing. And, and so I finally had to like seek it out. I knew it was Death Cab for Cutie and I kind of remember the artwork. So uh, I tracked it down and it's been on, on constant rotation for me since because I, I think it's great. It's, it's not doing anything, you know, crazy groundbreaking, right? It's kind of just a modern alternative rock-ish type um, riff, but I do think it's, it's unique in that it doesn't lay the foundation for the song, but it does pop in at moments throughout the song to kind of, like, you know, put an exclamation point on the end of a phrase or something. And I got one clip here where the song kind of comes to the quote-unquote Patrice point, as we as we have sometimes referred to it, uh, on the TGP, and the guitar riff just kind of kicks into overdrive and really, really goes crazy, which I think sounds pretty good. 
just think there's a lot that's cool about that drop in particular. The fact that the mix kind of, if you listen closely, almost everything goes away except for the drums, like the, the or excuse me, the, the guitar riff, like the drums kind of get quieter, the bass gets quieter, and they just put the guitar right in center. Um, and I don't know, I just think it's a sick riff. It's, again, not a groundbreaking sick riff, but I think it's sick. Justin, do you have any any background here? Do you know this this track from Dead, Dead Cab? Oh, of course, of course. Um, I'm, a, I'm a casual Death Sad for Cutie fan. And Death Sad, is, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. And You Are a Tourist. Well, I kind of forgot about this song. Um, really sweet riff. You know, I kind of grouped this band in the same category as Bombay Bicycle Club in my <laughs> mind. For whatever reason, you know, they're not really the same, yeah. but... Um, Really good riff. That's a that's a good entry there, Blake. Um, you're right, and you know it's a riff that repeats itself throughout the song, and when it kind of goes into overdrive towards the middle slash end of the song, you know that's that's good stuff, as I say. So, um, yeah. Does it give you any any doubts about the the Zelda cut here? Is there you know is there any sort of swaying back and forth on your end? No. <laughs> uh, I'm, pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty lost in it, the Lost Woods, honestly. Um, just because it's it's just so iconic and um, recognizable. Man, Justin is locked in at the Lost Lost Woods. No notes needed. No elaboration nah. required. Just we know what we're punching punching the buzzer on. All right. Well, look. I think we're gonna give this to Zelda here because it is a sick riff, right? And it's a unique sick riff. And I do think it holds its own, whether or not it holds its own against some other tracks in, you know, in the 68 that we submitted, I guess we'll, we'll kind of see. But I do think, I don't know, going up death against Death Cab, it's, it's not like some iconic legendary thing. It's not a Die on the Hill track for me. Like you said, Justin wanted to spotlight it because it was cool. But I mean, I got to give this one to Zelda. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. For, you know, jumping in here, I... I've never been a huge Death Cab guy. I like Ben, what is his name, Gibbard. Um, the, I've listened to the Postal Service a lot, but um, you know he, he's obviously super talented. That I don't think I've heard this song much, and I I did think that was a really cool riff. I like the bend on that guitar, like down down down, like that part, like that's sweet. Yeah, I thought that was really good. Um, kind of makes me want to listen to the whole song. But yeah, just you know, Zelda, Ocarina of Time, just a legendary video game, amazing soundtrack, totally. And just the fact that you know you had to play the notes in the game just really was special and unique at the time. Um, and they're fun notes to play. And if you have any sort of musical instrument, like, and it's cool because usually the the songs are all three and four notes, and it's cool like how the different melodies can just sound pretty great, right? And that's like the the forest temple theme is like dun, 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 and it's like so simple but awesome and iconic. So, um, and yeah, just when that game first came out, Luke and I literally ditched class at U of A and played it all day long. <laughs> and he played it all day long, and wow. I watched him, and it was amazing. So it was a lot of fun, and that game is great. And uh, yeah, happy that Ocarina is moving on. Hey, Super Dave, let's go to pronunciation corner real fast. Is it Ocarina or Ocarina? It's probably Ocarina. I've just been always said Ocarina for some dumb yeah, reason. I think I've said Ocarina as well. I'm not positive. Okay. Either way, it's a great riff. Yeah, I, good, I definitely good job. heard both both ways. Interesting. All right, all right. Stay tuned for pronunciation corner. Our our next pod <laughs> coming up after Secret of Hall of Fame. Man, Scott, love the background, love the context. You and Luke skipping class. Um, man, that's so good, and I think definitely a deserved winner here. Dave, what do we got for our next matchup? 
All right. Uh, next mashup, we're going to start things off with the drum intro from Sunday Bloody Sunday by U2. And I think it's going up against a short one. It sounds like the next one is the little three-second guitar riff at the beginning of So Good at Being in Trouble by Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Was that it? <laughs> yeah, it's coming back, though. That's coming back? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Wait for it. It's sick. Trust me. Wait for it. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Man. That's interesting. So that is interesting. Uh, all right, uh, Blake, why don't you start us off? I obviously we know who's who here. Um, and was clar- clarify for me: was it just the drum intro and not when the guitar kicks in too? Because I mean, man, it's pretty oh, sick all around. It, it is just sick all drums? around for sure. But I'm I'm spotlighting Larry Mullen, senior son here, and and the drum intro <laughs> specifically. To, to Sunday Bloody Sunday. Yeah, so this is, as we discussed on the pod, obviously I'm a U2 super fan. Uh, it's my uh, a U2 submit coming from me, but not from The Edge, uh, like I said, from, from Larry Mullen and, and the drum beat in particular. And the reason why I submit it is because I think, you know, last week we talked about One Little Victory, which is an iconic drum track and an amazing drum intro. And I, I would put Sunday Bloody Sunday up in that echelon of drum intros that like really define a song right from the start and just being the drums right not having any other instrumentation to back it up um and and just having the drums so you know what's so great about this riff riff in particular is that it's it's unique like it's not a normal sounding drum riff at all um you know it's not like some sort of fill to get you into a song or it's not a standard beat it's really kind of this militaristic marching drum style um, the snare drums are coming in on really strange and random beats, but it, it, it's driving the song forward and it sets a tone for what the song is, which is about war and and protest and revolution and all these things, right? And from the first second, like you know what the song is about, even without knowing anything else, kind of based on on the drum drums itself. Um, so I've got a bit more to lay out about Sunday Bloody Sunday, but that's kind of my my intro take there. Um, Unknown Mortal Orchestra. <laughs> I love the three seconds uh, guitar riff. That's that's a new one. I if if this is shortest riff, maybe there's shortest, a new category of like shortest riff, the shortest fame, riff. Yeah, I mean, I'll let Justin talk more about Un- Unknown Mortal Orchestra, but that dude is a super unique and cool guitar player and has a handful of, of nifty nifty riffs, I'd say. And this one, I like that Justin is narrowing the field of vision to th- three seconds. Um, I think it counts. Maybe whether or not it holds weight <laughs> against Sunday Bloody Sunday, you know, remains to be seen. But I, I like the ingenuity here, targeting a specific point. Justin, let's hear about it. Well, let's just get this out of the way. I'm going to vote Sunday Bloody Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that makes it easy. <laughs> no, no, I'm still going to talk about it. But um, what I was actually going to say, Blake, you really took the words right out of my mouth. The marching sort of military drum at the beginning, you're totally right. Like, it totally sounds like a protest song right from the beginning, and it is. So it's really neat that sort of that little drum riff, you know, it's sort of a metaphor for what the song's about, and it's super powerful. And 
especially if you've seen U2 live when Larry Smolin senior son starts playing that it's, you know, everyone knows what's about to happen. Mm. It's, you know, sick drum riff right there. So yeah, that's going to be an easy winner for me. So no defense of uh, unknown oh. mortal orchestra, whatever they're called. Uh, I'm going to talk about it, but you know, a little three neat little jingle on the guitar is not. Let's, let's get it one more time. For it almost sounds like a home. bass guitar. We, uh, you know, you may have missed it because it came and gone in three seconds. So let's run it back. All right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds yeah. kind of bassy to me. Yeah, it, it's synced up with the bass guitar. So let me tell you about Unknown Mortal Orchestra a little bit because. It's an awesome band. It's mostly, uh, it's all written by this dude named Ruben Nielsen. He's from New Zealand, and there's a little psych rock band out of there. A lot of good psychedelic rock bands out of the Australia area. Shout yeah, out there are. Kevin Parker. Shout out Kevin um, Parker. The man. Psychedelic porn crumpets. Keep going. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and from That's a riff right there. Western, far, far Western Australia. Excellent. We got some more Australia coming up later, but we'll, we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> okay so ruben nielsen like blake said he has this really weird guitar playing style he has big influence from uh what's the name frank zappa who had all these bizarre albums in the 60s i think it's zappa <laughs> we're talking zappa. pronunciation, pronunciation corner. corner dude i've been going i probably had it in my notes how to correctly pronounce the last <laughs> we're having fun <laughs> <laughs> but um so yeah, he has this super unique guitar playing style, and there's a few other songs that Unknown Mortal Orchestra does where that's really highlighted. Uh, Honeybee being one of them, where it's yeah. a really unique playing style. Um, but th- this is a really riff that's really stuck with me. A couple of years ago, it actually was my Spotify number one most listened to song of the year. Wow! In like 2017 or something. So yeah, it really, Dang. it really clicked with me. So really solid riff, really sick that a little quick riff like that can really make a big impact on me, but. So I, I think it deserved a shout out in this podcast, but I'd, I'd be that'd be obnoxious for me to try to vote against Sunday Bloody Sunday. So yeah. Justin, so the votes is... are in Sunday Bloody Sunday. What, what were you going to say there, Blake? Oh, I was just going to ask if is this the literal beginning of the song, like that three second clip? Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't you play it again? <laughs> That's all you need, man. It's only three seconds. Three seconds. Yeah, nice. Love that. I, I I'm gearing up for the three second riff Hall of Fame because I think Justin that would align much more you know nicely with your time constraints here on the pod. Yo, uh, we could yeah, probably yeah, work yeah. through just some some discussion a lot quicker uh, there. Yeah, I mean I totally echo what you say, Justin. I think unknown unknown mortal orchestra definitely worth a shout out on on the pod, especially for how unique that guy's kind of playing style is. I know you mentioned Honey Bee, which is another song that I think has, again, I, I mean, I, I actually thought about Unknown Mortal Orchestra briefly when I was thinking through my submits because it is so unique and, and he does a lot of neat things. So I definitely would recommend our listeners check some uh, some tracks out from that band. But uh, yeah, agreed. Sunday, Bloody Sunday, there's just, uh, there's no there's no being it. I'll just give my quick thoughts on these two. Um unknown mortal orchestra i've i've heard this song and i for me it's kind of an earworm especially because they just say so good at being in trouble like over and over um i do like that riff it's it's good uh but yeah sunday bloody sunday i i i've never really been a i I don't listen to drums i don't pay attention to drums i'm obviously biased toward the guitar so that's what i usually listen to and hear first 
so when I'm reminded to like actually pay attention to drum parts and drum solos, I'm you know, it takes me a while to like get my head around it. But totally agree. These drum drums are iconic and very interesting. How like they kind of stutter and they're a rhythmic a little bit, and that almost makes me you know you can kind of picture people marching and then maybe there's like something and then they have to catch up to the beat and it's it's weird, right? Mm -hmm. And it it just makes you feel uncomfortable. It makes you like pay attention and. I, I love that. I love that call out um, that you made. So yeah, nice. clear winner to me and very, very cool. Um, and so much passion in that song, right? It just gives you the chills every time you hear it. Yeah. So. I mean, Justin, you, and it's a great point, Scott, about it, like being so, you know, identifiable. Uh, but yeah, Justin, you mentioned the live cuts and you two, they did a, an anniversary tour of the Joshua Tree in 2017. And we were able to see them um, a few times on that tour. And they would start every show with Sunday, Bloody Sunday and just, Larry Mullen, senior son, just walk out stadium, 80,000 people sit at the drum kit and just start playing this riff. And you know, the roof would just Mine's be blown, explode. blown yeah. off. Right. And it, it's just the drums. And it's so cool that he is able to have that kind of impact with the drums, which as you said, Scott is not an instrument that you would typically pay attention to unless you're inclined to. Right. Um, so, right. so I, I like that you mentioned that and, and Justin, you know, referred to the live cut earlier, which was has been some amazing stuff back in the day. So, anyways, got a lot of love for that that particular particular drum riff. So it's gonna go through to the next round. Nice, sweet. What's up next? All right, we'll start off the next matchup with the intro guitar riff from Mars for the Rich by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. King Giz. And that'll be going up against the main guitar riff from You Really Got Me by Van Halen. Another tough matchup, a, a legend against uh, kind of an indie rocker. So it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. Justin, what are your thoughts initially on the Mars for the Rich? I'm not familiar with this one, but uh, tell us about King Gizzard. Maybe this is yours. I don't know. Oh, this is definitely mine. This is once again a psych rock band from Australia. Um, this has been sort of a running joke band between me, Blake, and Lugs over the years. Um, I, I really got in this band in college and tried to send, you know, some songs over to my loving family. Like, yo, check out this sweet band. And they were not receptive at all. <laughs> and so it became sort of a running joke. Um, Ryan even actually saw some dude in public wearing a King Giz shirt and got a photo with him, which was <laughs> Classic um, Show notes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quick note about King Giz. In 2017, they wrote five studio albums and released them all like wrote and released them all in the year 2017 which is wow super cool. they're like a crazy band and they have a crazy work ethic and quite the range of musical uh musical skills mars for the rich that's a pretty sick guitar opening riff there this was sort of like a weird thrash metal album they did uh not my favorite king giz album or song for that matter but i had to get king giz on the pot on the pod 
thought this is a sweet song. This has got some sweet lyrics too about like terraforming Mars. So thick mm. lyrics Hall of Fame, you know, this will make an appearance again. But I it, I had to submit it, just sort of a bit of a joke, but also a sick riff. Uh, quick note about you really got me. Pretty sure that's not a le- uh, Van Halen riff. That is correct. Um, and Tell me about that. I, <laughs> full disclosure, maybe I got to turn in my music fan card. I had no I'm idea. turning all your cards tonight. I'm turning all the cards. I'm, I'm emptying my wallet. I literally had no idea this was a cover until today when I was, you know, putting together some, some quick notes. <laughs> um, yeah, the original track is, is from 1964 from this band called uh, The Kinks, but Van Halen covered it and released it as their very first single, which is, is wild to me. Um, so, you know, I don't know whether to credit this to, to Eddie Van Halen or, or The Kinks, but I, I threw, you know, this particular version of the song on because I was introduced to it, obviously, and I think pretty much everyone was through through Van Halen because this kind of, you know, broke them onto the scene. Um, I don't know, Justin, is that kind of throwing off your, your mojo here, the fact that I've gone with a cover version instead of the original? Well, a little bit. You do raise a good point, though, that maybe this song has come to popularity because of Eddie Van Halen just shredding away. So maybe he made the riff, the sick riff that it is now, because it is it's a solid riff like there's no denying this right um so maybe we do have to give credit to van halen you know i'm not really uh up to date on the origin of the song i don't know if most people recognize it as a van halen versus a king song but that that is a factor for me interesting i want to i want to toss it to our moderator just for some color commentary because you know obviously us young guns here we're, we're out of our depth did you know that this was a cover? Was it like obvious at the time when when you know Van Halen broke big that they were kind of doing so off the back, off the backs of another song? Not at all. Didn't know until just now. Wow. So okay, so it's, it's a pretty too. buried fact. Interesting. Yeah. Who know who knows and who cares about the original? <laughs> this this yeah. I mean, maybe I'm already speaking out of turn here, but but you know Van Halen. I almost said Let's Up when Van Halen made made this iconic, and it's it's. Yeah. Eddie Van Halen, man, it's uh, it's it's awesome. So, yeah, well, I, I don't, I don't even know if I if I've heard the original before. Maybe I have, but yeah, can't think, can't hear it. All right, I just want to make sure I didn't have some huge blind spot and that I was just you know some total sucker for not knowing that. But no, I was, I was also crazy. a kid in the '80s and I wasn't listening to Van Halen. So, you know, oh, Grandpa other than Scott, from Grandpa Luke, Grandpa Luke. when he like puts a Van Halen tape in the headset, but other than that, yeah, fair enough. Um. Well, yeah, let, I'll give some quick more n- quick notes here on on You Really Got Me. Like I said, this was kind of Van Halen's first single. Apparently, they were like just recording a random cover, and then another band heard that they were recording the cover as well. And so they kind of like raced to the finish line, and Van Halen just happened to get theirs out first. And, you know, like look what happened afterwards. They became this huge, you know, 80s hair metal band. Um, and Eddie Van Halen's 21 when he's, you know, laying down this absolute heat and i do wow. think there's there's some danger zone energy here in the sense that like the the main riff itself is not that complex right it's just kind of some some little power chords thrown in there but the two things that make it amazing are kind of the chunky parts in the chorus where he kind of just isn't playing any notes but it's kind of just chunking on his guitar and, and then the second thing that makes it amazing is after each section in the verse he does his crazy freaking eddie van halen stuff where he's 
doing all these weird little solos and crazy bends and whatever. And it, the fact that he is inner, you know, stitching that in between the actual riff itself, I think is what makes the song so amazing. So this is definitely an example of like a riff making the song, you know, um, which is why I want to include it. And I don't know. I mean, Eddie Van Halen, come on. We've got to feature this guy on the podcast. Are you kidding me? Like one of the, one of the all time greatest uh, guitar players and, and shredders out there. So that's why I threw on the submit. And a real um, originator. <laughs> apparently, yeah. Um, Justin, I, wa- I want to get where you're leaning here. Um, because I think I, at the moment, I don't know if I'm leaning in a particular way, but I want to get your thoughts first. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. You really got me. It's, it's a really good riff. And I don't know. That's a song I've listened to for a long time. Like That was on my iPod Nano when I was nine years old. Right next to so- Sheryl Crow. Right next to Soak Up the Sun in the same playlist. Um, so in, it is an undeniable riff. And now that we've established that um, that Van Halen really made this song popular more so than the Kinks, even though they didn't write the song, um, that kind of says a lot about the riff, doesn't it? So I'm sort of starting to lean towards really got me. Yeah, and, and I hear you. And I think it, it kind of speaking to a riff, living beyond just like this the song itself there's something to be said for that to your point justin because i you know it's got to be good if it can live in multiple versions and i feel you know some echoes of the good times baseline submit that we were talking about last week yes, yes, yes. obviously that was you know the original cut and and was made popular by tons of samples and, and tracks that kind of use that as, as a foundation or a reference point um merits to both sides i think um, in terms of talking about what constitutes a sick riff so i'm definitely leaning that way but of course justin like you know i love that we're given given the giz a shout out here uh, they they were briefly in atlanta um last year and i i didn't end up going to see them and, and that's definitely a regret of mine let me ask you this you said they kind of hit all these different genres all these different styles do you think this particular style is where like they're at their strongest or are there other sort of kind of musical areas that they live in that they are better at in your opinion no definitely not this was like sort of an oddball album for them like i said earlier it's like a thrash metal album which they've never really done before and is that some more king gives right there just bumping it in yeah, yeah that, that's, going, Jay. that's some king gives right there. <laughs> so you know that's, like some, that's some headbanging material right there like no doubt but it's not really representative of what the gives is you know, sort of their textbook, if you will, trademark sound. What's gotcha. that like? Ter- terraforming kind of music? <laughs> yeah, terraform. <laughs> exactly. You know, they got a lot of like cosmic weird music going on. Some terraforming. Okay. Blake, well, do you I, like do you like these guys? It sounds like it's a, kind of a family affair. Are you into them too? A family or? affair. I I don't have nearly as much knowledge as Justin, but I've definitely sampled and dabbled with the Giz, um, and and I do. The thing is, you know, because like Justin was saying, they're so all over the map in terms of music. I feel like I can hear one song that I love and then, you know, Justin will send me another. That's just, I don't, <laughs> right? Because they're yeah. bouncing all over the place. You've dabbled in the psych rock. It's like, sounds drug related. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Some dabbling, um, if you will. Yeah. All right. Well, look, I, th- I think I'm glad that we gave Giz a spotlight here. Uh, I'm going to lean Van Halen. Um that's just where I, I'm at right now, Justin. It sounds like you were maybe leaning that way, unless you got any last-minute thoughts on the Giz. Yeah, I'll, I'll lean towards uh, Van Halen. I got one more quick Giz comment. 
about one of their albums. They have an album called Nonagon Infinity, which the whole album, like the end song loops back to the beginning song. So the whole idea is you can play the album infinitely and it never ends. So that's kind of cool. So if you think that's interesting, listen to Nonagon Infinity by the Giz. Man. The Giz, legendary. That's all my Giz takes for the day. Done. That's awesome. Any Giz takes from you, Scott? I no, I've I've seen their name and I've I've marveled and enjoyed the name of the band, but uh, I can't say I've listened to any of them. But I do like psych rock, I think you know, and especially of the Australian variety. Um, so you know, maybe I'll I'll dabble and uh, experiment a little bit with some some King Giz and what, what's their full name? King Gizzard. King Gizzard and, and the Wizard. Lizard Wizard. Yeah. Come on, man. I don't know. Maybe not. That name's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Van Halen, awesome. And one thing I like about that song too is it starts with a, you know a certain kind of riff, and then it totally changes when the you know when the rhythm comes in and the and the, ba- and the drums come in, like it changes. And I don't know. I think that's a really unique. Even though it's kind of a straight ahead rock riff, um, it changes when he's first playing the guitar until like the rhythm comes in. So I, th- mm. I think that's really cool. But yeah, nice. good stuff, Van Halen. Alrighty, there it is, Van Halen. Moving on to the next round, Dave. I'll throw it to you for our next matchup. All right, the next matchup. This might be the the biggest difference between the the two songs, artists, or whatever in in the bracket. Wow. So we're going to start off with the hype guitar intro from Thunderstruck by ACDC. <laughs> It's getting faster. (laughs) (laughs) And that's going to be going up against the main riff from Four Seasons Winter, the first movement by Antonio Vivaldi. (laughs) Bravo. Great matchup. You know I love a 300 year old meatball. <laughs> the meatball, oh, the aged boy. meatball returns. Man. Classical music. That's interesting. You know, I wouldn't have thought uh, that there'd be uh, some classical on, on the Sick Riff Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, Blake, tell, tell us about your, your, your first reactions to hearing some Vivaldi. I, lo- I love some Vivaldi. Justin knows that. We, we spent some orchestra time together in, in, the, in our high school days. Uh, and yeah, hearing hearing some classical music on the pod is is cool. I like it. And and this particular riff, uh, it feels weird to ascribe that word to it, but I think I think it maybe counts. I mean, this is pretty iconic, right? Like, just think of how many movies and scenes is this spliced on top of, right? And it, it just really sort of can set the stage for a whole bunch of different uh, moods and different art pieces and things like that. So I don't know. I, I think. I'm a little little shook right now because that, that's a pretty novel <laughs> submit. Justin is delivering on his promise to have some left field uh, tracks this weekend. Ooh, and this it. definitely counts. Um, <laughs> man, let me quickly talk about Thunderstruck before I throw it to Justin. I so we've been doing this thing where we tell Dave, you know, like what what riff it is that we're referring to, and I like I couldn't think of one for Thunderstruck. And I, I mean, I literally have like five clips here, 
because there are so many parts to this song that you know incorporate this sort of same basic riff but also sound different and they're adding instruments and different guitar parts on top and it's really kind of this crazy you know i think you know one of acdc's maybe more complex songs which is weird as it sounds like the actual structure of the song is is not just the classic acdc like chorus verse chorus bridge you know chorus um so so i think that it's kind of hard to pinpoint one part in the song is i guess what i'm trying to say um of course the intro riff kind of is hype for many reasons um it kind of like sets the stage for what the song is and then it you know continues throughout and and kind of goes up in volume down in volume it's always hanging around even though it's not the primary like you know main notes for the song so that's why i included it I want to I want to get Justin's take here. I want to hear about Vivaldi and then what his thoughts on, on Thunderstruck are before we dig into it a bit more. Yeah, so this song dropped in 1725, so <laughs> <laughs> it's been Just around blowing well. up the charts. And the whole Vivaldi Four Seasons Suite is maybe one of the most like recognizable and iconic albums, if you will, ever created. Like Blake said, you know, even like the spring and summer. Um, and fall for that matter. They all have big places in movies and pop culture still. Um, and the way it, it works into that main riff, it, there's like this slow buildup and then it drops into the main riff, if you will. And I really think that EDM music of today, which I'm not a big fan of, but EDM music is all based around like the drop, right? Where there's this big buildup and a drop. I think Vivaldi pioneered that. So <laughs> I think that's pretty important right there. Wow. Um, and yeah. I, that's an important connection not many people make. <laughs> Vivaldi to EDM music? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's I, an interesting I, take. It's a hot take. I like it. It's, it's a hot take. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's why I submitted it. I think it's a great classical piece. And we needed to get at least one classical song on, uh, on the pod here. Yeah. Uh, Thunderstruck, that's okay. There's a <laughs> this pretty horrific <laughs> drinking game involved with Thunderstruck that we don't have to get into. Interesting. That's, yeah. So I'm not a big fan of Thunderstruck. Are you a big fan of ACDC? I mean, you guys were praising uh, Jailbreak quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, casual ACDC fan. Um, I like Highway to Hell. Like I said, the I like the Bon Scott era more than Brian Johnson or whoever the other singer was. Um, yeah, Thunderstruck, that's good. I don't really see how there's a riff in there, but it is like some pretty impressive guitar noodling for sure. Yeah. Like I said, I, I'm glad that we've got Mr. Indecision himself on the pod tonight because I was definitely, you know, embracing you. some of that <laughs> in, in the Thunderstruck riff. I, I knew it was a sick song and I wanted to talk about it, but heck, I, I still don't even really know how to talk about it. Um, look, let me drop one more clip on you where the kind of main little guitar noodling is now being complimented by a more classic uh, ACDC style sound. And that's when I think the song kind of really comes together and starts to sound uh, pretty cool. And again, not your classic ACDC song. It's got a bit more, it's got some layers to it. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm a, I'm a sucker for that. I, I love that particular moment in the song. And as you can hear, I mean, there are literally three guitars, guitar parts happening. There's the kind of main thing that we heard earlier. There's a little supplemental guitar riff. And then there's the main kind of chords that are coming in on top. 
and all of them were cool. All of them were sick. I don't know. I don't know if this is a sick riff, guys, but I just wanted to talk about it. So that's my thought on <laughs> Thunderstruck. Justin, are you leaning a particular way? Look, I, I think the Vivaldi submit is pretty pretty clever. I don't know about the EDM connection. I, I, <laughs> I see where you're going with it, though. Um, and, and I love that we're getting some some different genres on here. That's the beautiful thing about Sick Riff Hall of Fame is, is as we've established, it's this is our podcast. We can do whatever we want with it. So I'm kind of leaning Vivaldi. <laughs> it sounds like, Justin, you are too, because you don't have a whole lot of love for Thunderstruck. Any last-minute thoughts before we, we cast our votes here? Yeah, I'm, I'm strongly leaning towards Vivaldi. I, I really think it's a, it's a really powerful piece of music, and that specific moment in the song also really powerful. So it, it's definitely getting my vote. I'm going to dig my heels in on that. All right. Well, what do you think, I'll go ahead and join uh, you. Like, uh, yeah. Really? I'll, I'll join Justin here. Um, and wow. I think I think the the issue is that I've been I've been un, unable to establish a riff to defend in Thunderstruck. As awesome as a song as it is, and as amazing, you know, there are multiple great guitar parts throughout. The noodling is maybe the primary thing I was looking at, but of course, kind of the main chords are great as well. But I, I just, for whatever reason, I can't pinpoint something that we can go back to and say, hey, that's a sick riff. Um, and also, I love the novelty of Justin's choice, so I'm going with Vivaldi. Well, it's interesting. And had you passed it to the uh, neutral third-party arbitrator, I would have gone with Thunderstruck. And mm. I think that that is a riff that you highlighted. That initial opening, you know, hammer-on, pull-off, yeah. four-note riff is amazing. And I think you guys are both guitar players, right? Yes. Have you have you tried to play this song? Like it's <laughs> I have. foolishly difficult, especially to keep doing it in rhythm the whole time. Yeah, no, it um, is. It's crazy, and it makes you just you know when you first learn, you're like, oh yeah, I can do that, and then you try to actually do it and then make it sound consistently good, and it's really hard. Um, at least it is for me. Uh, so yeah, it just kind of makes you respect it all the more. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's iconic. I'm 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 surprised. I mean respect to the 300 year old meatball with Vivaldi. But when I hear that song, it's really hard for me not to think of like a De Beers diamond commercial or some like Jaguar commercial or, you know, <laughs> name your luxury car or whatever ad yeah. that you've seen a hundred times. Like I just think of advertisements and movies. I don't actually think of the classical, you know, music, even though I'm a big fan of classical and submitted on the, on the TGP. So um, yeah, I, I, I think that was a missed opportunity, but I do appreciate the, the novelty of Vivaldi. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that going forward. But, uh, yeah, Fair enough. Thunderstruck, man. I'm surprised. Thunder of guns didn't, uh, Thunder didn't, of guns didn't keep it going. All right. Congrats Vivaldi all the way from 1750. Make it on. Do you think he would accept the Instagram award that we've been talking about? <laughs> I'm going to take that as a no. All right, Dave. You, <laughs> you want to hit us with our next matchup? Yeah. Uh, next up, we got the main guitar riff from Freaking Out the Neighborhood by Mac DeMarco. And that'll be going up against the one other duplicate we had. This song was also submitted by Loves. It's the main bass riff from Hysteria by Muse. Mm-hmm. 
interesting matchup. Mark, you know, Matt DeMarco, the hipster, hipster king, uh, against Muse, who I'm not too personally familiar with. So, uh, I think Justin, why don't you uh, take us away? Tell us about your experience with Mac DeMarco. Kind of a controversial figure, at least on the TGP. So, mm, indeed, is he really? I, I, I wouldn't know. That's right. You didn't listen. To, you didn't listen to the pod. <laughs> what am I thinking? Blake, you can talk about that one later. Um, okay. Well, freaking out the name. Well, Mac DeMarco in general, one of my favorite artists. Um, he really, they call him the Prince of Indie Rock, and he really is a revolutionary figure in the whole indie rock culture and. His style has really been copied by dozens and dozens of bands, for, for better or worse, to be honest. Um, this song track, Freaking Out the Neighborhood, that was on his album, too, which is really like his big breakthrough album that really just, you know got a ton of play and super popular. This is an awesome, awesome little guitar riff. And he's just a super unique guitar player. I really wanted to highlight him on this podcast, and I think the Freaking Out the Neighborhood riff is really cool. Uh, this is really funny. The origin of the song is pretty funny. Um, it's like <laughs> there's like a video of him doing something grotesque with a drumstick on stage, and his mom saw on YouTube said video, and so he wrote this song as an apology to his mom. That's super sweet. That is sweet. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry for freaking out the neighborhood. Yeah, he he really did freak out the neighborhood. Apparently, um. Hysteria, have you ever, ever seen the, the robot playing this song on YouTube? Little YouTube corner? No. Like programmed no. Uh, bass, like guitar playing robot to play it. Super sick. It's going to have to go in the, in the show. Why isn't that a, a submission? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, Blake. Uh, so yeah, that's super cool. And it's interesting you picked the bass riff, Blake, because I actually think the guitar riff after the bass riff is way sicker. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it highlighted at the end there. I think yeah. the guitar riff is super awesome, and I honestly probably should have submitted that. Um, but I guess you know it's, it sort of goes off the same riff as the bass. You know, it's mm. following the same general riff. But there, there's my hot hysteria take. Wow, that that is a hot hot hysteria take. I, I mean, I hear you. It, it is a good guitar riff, and it kind of complements you know what's happening with the bass perfectly and i actually think the origin of the song just to dive into some of the, my thoughts here i think matt bellamy who's the guitar player for muse actually wrote it on guitar and then they kind of shifted it over to the bass on you know the the actual track itself um what what's so amazing is justin you're like talking about a robot playing this song the the bass player for Muse, the guy, what's his name? Chris Wolstenholm is his name. It, it's kind of like a wow. running joke in the Muse fandom that he, anytime they play the song live, he like dreads it because it just destroys his fingers, as I'm sure you can hear in, that, <laughs> in the clip, because it's insane. It is crazy. It, it, it's crazy to hear a bass guitar pump out notes that fast while also kind of holding down, you know, the the actual tune of the song and everything. Um, and it is the tune of the song, as we heard when it gets into the chorus and everything. Um, I mean, yeah, real qu- real quickly on Muse before I go back, go to Mac DeMarco. I I had so many Muse songs queued up in in my list. Honestly, I think they are an undeniably great just riff machine, a modern riff factory, if you will. Uh, on the bass side, on the guitar side, uh, all over the map, they they've got an amazing knack for super recognizable high energy riffs and in this particular case you know wanted to spotlight some instruments other than guitar as we've talked a bit about and, and the bass is carrying so much weight on the song which is why i threw it in um so you know 
curious that this was the other submit. I knew that Dave teased there was a, a duplicate from the CoreForge submissions, and I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll take that little feather in my cap from Loves that he he thought this was worthy of a submit on Sick Riff Hall of Fame, and uh, obviously we are on yeah. the same page there because man, that's a freaking sick riff. Um, look, Mac DeMarco, this this is a great great guitar riff, and I think. I don't know, Justin. Is it is it surface level spec to say this is like my favorite Mac DeMarco song? Because it, it might be. Uh, you know, it's his most popular, but it's so that's good. A valid, that's a valid take. All right. Okay. I'll I'll take it. Even though I think, you know, if you look at Spotify, this is probably his highest play count. Maybe not, it's but definitely a third. It's up there. How many hundreds of millions of spins does this <laughs> yeah, one have? Exactly. Um, yeah. I I don't know. I I really really do like this riff, and Justin, I actually think. We were maybe in the car together when we listened to this song, and you really you realized you were going to submit uh, to the Sick Riff Hall of Fame because it is just so good, um, and and it's one of the things we talked about. Some some riffs are happening deep into a song. Some riffs are kind of the foundation for the song. This is definitely one where it's a foundation in it, and it starts right from the beginning and has this amazing, cool, high energy kind of chiming type sound, and I really do love it. So this is I don't know I'm I, I I've got a lot of love for. Mac DeMarco going up against Hysteria is tough, which I think is is maybe one of my favorite submits from this week, at least on, on my end. Um, Justin, after all that, after my my just constant rambling, what are your thoughts here on the matchup in particular? Well, it's a tr- tricky matchup. Um, you know, I personally really love Mac DeMarco and his super unique playing style. You know, like a lot of times he doesn't really play his guitar in tune which sort of just adds to the weird wavy sound that he makes. And so it just makes for such a unique, cool sound. Yeah. And, but you're right though, the hysteria baseline, you know, that that's powerful. I, I still do like the guitar, um, the guitar a little more on that song. I do mm. respect the, uh, the heavy hitting bass playing though. That That's funny that he tears up his fingers every time he plays it live. That doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Yeah. Mm, yeah I, i'm so much inter- um i do kind of want to dig my heels in on freaking out the neighborhood but i might just give you hysteria yeah it, it's tough i i'm finding myself conflicted because you know we're getting after two different things here right um and we've we've kind of hit on this before the hilarity of some of these matchups you know one of muse's hardest hitting songs against your chill indie Mac DeMarco vibes. Um, it's again, I, I understand both submits and I, I love them both. I, I lean slightly hysteria for the sick factor. <laughs> it, you know, it's, it's the word that I try to ban myself from saying, but it, it truly is undeniable. Um, both, I think both these riffs are, but hysteria obviously to a massive, massive degree. So I, I might park myself on the hysteria side. Um, Depending on how you're feeling, Justin, we could potentially toss to our moderator here, unless you've got any strong feelings either way on on this. You know, let, let's toss to the moderator. Let, let, let's see how this goes. Let's Oof. do it. I'm going to need to hear the Muse song again, because I'm not familiar with that one. I am Mac DeMarco. Uh, so let's let's hear the uh, that bass line again. Let me let me hit you with the outro to this song because it is oh the same a different clip. Mm, a okay. different clip. Yep. Um, look, I'm pulling. If we're going to the moderator, I'm pulling out all the stops here. But here's the same riff, but in the outro.
Okay. So I'm not very familiar with Muse. I've I would probably recognize a ton of their songs. I mean, when I hear the name Muse, I just think about like Guitar Hero or Rock Band, and because I think some of their songs were on that game. Uh, but I I like don't know much about their their catalog. It's it's interesting to me that you said they're a modern riff factory, which sounds pretty cool. And I'm definitely not one to you know focus in on a bass a bass riff. Um, so I, I appreciate the submission. Uh, the Mac DeMarco, you know, it's tough because he is like the hipster prince or whatever. And I, I totally dig this song. I like the, I don't know what that wavy effect you mentioned. Is it a flange? Is it a phaser? I can't really tell, but it's weird. Um, core, it's all the, it's, it's like everything, right? He's just like dialed it all up. Um, yeah. It's very unique. But, you know, again, I, I, I think about like, what, what is the purpose of this exercise? It's like the sick riff hall of fame. And if you were to just... Like, imagine one of these clips making its way, marching its way to the very end, and you're like, hey, like, we did this content, like, we did this game, and here's, like, the sick, the winner of the Sick Riff Hall of Fame. And if it's Mac DeMarco, like, the barrel, 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 you know, I'm like, I don't know. It's like, yeah, I dig this song, but is it really deserving of a place in the Sick Riff Hall of Fame? Like, I don't know. And, but again, to me, that baseline is not super memorable. Like, even now, like, I'm having trouble, like, hearing it in my head like i'd want to hear it again but like i won't waste your time however like i appreciate its energy and it's like the driving you know kind of thundering aspect of it so like i'm i'm leaning toward the muse only because it does seem more like a sick riff that you know you can kind of get behind rather than just a, a cool twang weird mac demarco song um so yeah, I, I guess I'm going against type this, uh, this time. But uh, yeah, I think I'm going to use. All right. And that's also high praise from Uncle Love. So I guess that's, a, that's pushing it over the edge, too. <laughs> that does help. Um, what is it? Huzzah for Lucky Jack? Do we say that now? Is that what we say? <laughs> uh, I, think the, I think the ship sunk a long time ago. but uh, <laughs> The ship has been scuttled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, a but tough yeah, matchup. Okay, so I hear you. Muse, don't go ahead. Sounds good. All right. Sorry there, Justin. Uh, I'll forgive you, man. It's all good. <laughs> right, Dave, you want okay. to take us to our last one? Yeah, last matchup of the first round. We're going to kick it off with the main guitar riff from Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. And making another attempt to make it into the next round, we're going to have the guitar riff from Still Beating by Mac DeMarco. <laughs> Mac to Mac. Yeah, Mac to Mac. Well, that's an interesting uh, one-two well, punch from old Mac DeMarco. <laughs> Here's the problem is that well obviously I submitted the other back to Marco song. Sorry for the double submit. Um back to back. Wow. Like we discussed you brought up earlier, you know, uh Freaking Out the Neighbor is not the most hard hitting song, you know. You wouldn't qualify it as like a super hard hitting sick riff and uh still beating is very much worse in that <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad they weren't in the uh, opposite order. It may yeah. have helped Mac DeMarco's case. It could yeah. have. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, 
Yeah, if this was the Chilritol fame, I think Still Beating would have to completely take the cake. Um, because that that's a really nice little nice riff. That's a great song too. Yeah. I have it is no Quincy Jed, but it's pretty good. <laughs> that's a real beef with uh, Seven Nation Army, though. Have you ever been to a guitar center before? And <laughs> yes or yes. So it's literally it's just become like this complete meme and overplayed riff that it's sort of nails on a chalkboard for me at this point. However, it is like fundamentally a sick riff, but it sort of goes into the Guns N' Roses, Welcome to the Jungle category for me a little bit. No disrespect to your boy Jack White, because he's the man. And it's really one of the most timeless riffs of all time. You know, in hundreds of years, it'll be like a Vivaldi type situation. They'll <laughs> <laughs> be talking about Seven Nation Army 300 years from now. Yeah, yeah. Movies will still have the Seven Nation Army riff in 300 years. A 300 year meatball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I want to hear, hear your takes here, Blake. Well, look, Justin, you're right in that Seven Nation Army kind of strays into that dangerous territory where it's it's so overplayed, it's almost annoying. My my roommates in college, I would kind of, I don't know, I it would bother me like when I would hear a Seven Nation Army in certain contexts and as like a super big Jack White fanboy, I, I was just like obnoxiously annoyed that no one yes. knew, you know, like the actual story behind it or anything else from yes. the white stripes or Jack white. And so that's my music snobbery being annoyed with the song. Um, but at the same time, as you said, it, it is like a timeless riff and it is truly ubiquitous. Um, some, some things I wanted to, to shout out. Well, actually, before I get into that, one other thing I texted Justin before we were recorded any of these podcasts. And I was like, I think I just added a super blasphemous song to, yeah, I knew exactly to the podcast, yeah. and, and Justin said, Seven Nation Army, I'm going to smack it down." That's you know, hilarious. Maybe didn't anticipate it going up against uh, a chill groover from Mac DeMarco. So you know, that's how that's how the salt AI shakes, I guess. Um, so anyway, just fun little background there. What I think some cool things about this song, obviously, the intro is kind of sounds more like a bass guitar. Uh, but of course, for us uh, Jack White fanboys and, and fans of the White Stripes, we know that he's he's doing that on a guitar, but with a an octave pedal down, which is super unique. And then the other thing is, like this riff is played on an open string, open tune guitar. Like it's not power chords; it's slide. Which I don't know. I I know we've had some some slide earlier, some deep blues cuts, but the fact that the sickest riff perhaps of the modern era in terms of what has become ubiquitous is played on like slide guitar. This, his freaking paper bag acoustic guitar plugged into an amp. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so freaking cool. Um, and, and that's, I mean, that's just the beauty of the white stripes, right? It's just taking whatever you have in a room and laying it down. And this song is from their um, album elephant, which they recorded in two weeks. And the fact that they could record a song, as huge as this in two weeks is just kind of hilarious and says all you need to know about the white stripes. So I don't know. I think I, I totally hear Justin and I even kind of cringed myself when I you know, hit the submit button on, on this track. But if we talk about sick riffs and of the modern age, Justin's totally right. Like this is going to be around for hundreds of years. And the fact that it's taken on a life of its own beyond just the song itself 
even though it's nails on chalkboard for us sometimes, it kind of speaks to the amazingness of the riff, which I think we talked about a bit earlier. So that's where I'm coming out on Seven Nation Army. I don't know if it wins the bracket, but I that's my impassioned defense of what otherwise is a blasphemous song. I thought I was going to get destroyed uh, by Justin for submitting. Yeah, it, it is a little blasphemous. Really, the nail in the coffin for me was a couple of years ago, I went to a Utah Jazz basketball game. <laughs> and at halftime, they played this horrific, like, EDM dubstep remix of Oof. this song. Yeah, and that's the not whole, good. And the whole crowd, like, chanting the solo. It was, it was really <laughs> like my body seized up from the cringing. It was, it was really bad. Um, so, you know, I got to roast you a little bit, Blake. But if we put the music snobbery aside, um, textbook sick riff. Yeah. So I'm going to give Seven Nation Army the vote. Sorry, Mac DeMarco. You wow. Sorry, Mac. And yeah, okay. I, I realize I didn't touch on, on Mac's clip. This is, of course, another one of his most popular songs, but again, one of his best, I, I would say. Uh, much more low-key and much more chill than uh, Freaking Out the Neighborhood, which we just heard. But a lot of, again, kind of signature Mac DeMarco things are happening here. It's... You know, a guitar that's kind of pumped through some unique sounding effects and it kind of, you know, flows along nicely. It just really sets a, a great kind of vibe for the song. And and really that's kind of his his strength and his skill set, in my opinion, is that from the onset of any song, he can set set the mood and and provide this tone that kind of matches what the song is gonna is gonna be about. And, you know, I think this is another you know, still beating is another great example of that. So I, I love both of these Mac DeMarco submits. It's hilarious that they ended up back to back and also hilarious and or unfortunate. They ended up against some of the, the <laughs> highest energy heaters kind of just puts the, uh, the contrast right, right center stage. But I think, I think I'm with you, Justin. I think we just gotta, we gotta get this one to seven nation army music snobbery aside. Yep. Yep. All right. Nice. Scott, yeah. any quick takes you know- from you? Yeah, I, you know, I think both Mac DeMarco songs would be good on a playlist. Like, yeah. they're they're good songs. I I'm a fan of the dreamy, laid back style that he you know has made, uh, you know, his own. Um, and I I definitely enjoy it. Other people in the pod, it, it doesn't seem like they're as into it, but I like both these songs. But in terms of going up against, yeah, Seven Nation Army, and you know, Seven Nation Army, it's it's like you said it's just some simple notes walking down one string. Right. Mm. But there's a reason why every stupid sports team now uses it in their arenas to get the fans pumped up is because it's awesome. And like, yeah, that's annoying to, you know, music snobs who are like, Oh man, well they don't appreciate the white stripes or Jack white or whatever. But you know, there's a reason why like these songs become so popular is because they're, they're amazing. And uh, this is, this is one of them. I, I agree. Like I've heard it way too much and, you know, like it's now it's hard not to associate with the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns and every other NBA team at least. <laughs> um, and I actually don't know the story behind this song, so I'm kind of curious to know more about it later. But uh, but yeah, the, the I hard hard not to have this one move forward. Will it win? Probably not. But at least this matchup. Yep, it's moving on. It's moving on. Man, well, that'll do it. Round one in the books. Dave, any quick thoughts from you before we reset and take our winners into the next round? I was just going to say round two looks to be real interesting. We got, you know, quite a few legends of rock. We got uh, another play-in 
submit looking to make the 616. We got a Zelda submit. We got a classical submit. It's a, it's a real mix out there. Everything I hoped this week would be. Thanks, guys. <laughs> really stepped it up from week two. Stepped good job. it up just for you, Garbs. Yeah. All right. Well, good stuff. Dave, do you want to queue up our first second round matchup? All right. So the first song in this matchup is going to be, once again, Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. And that'll be going up against Bitch by the Rolling Stones. Gonna be tough, gentlemen. Yeah. Gonna be it's tough. Not, yeah, I'm biased, so I got to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> it's gonna be the immigrant song, no doubt. <laughs> Justin's looking at the clock here. He's like, "Come on, guys, let's uh, let's freaking work through this." It's gonna work yeah, this bracket. Running this uh, podcast. <laughs> I'm having a good time though. Um, but yeah, immigrant song. It, that's just like we touched on at the beginning. That is such a powerful intro where both the guitar and the drums are really synced up. I actually saw some video talking about how good their drummer is, and they highlighted Immigrant Song, how, you know, Jimmy Page and their drummer. Is it John Bonham? Is that their drummer? Yes. Yeah, how they're all synced up at the beginning of Immigrant Song. I think that's just so cool, and it, this is one of my favorite Led Zeppelin songs. I think it's just awesome. And it's just, I think it just towers over the mediocrity of Bitch. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Man. I love that. I, towering over mediocrity. Towering good, over good mediocrity. I don't know if I would put it like that. I I think I will put it in front, but I I'm just interested and kind of surprised at the at the lukewarm reaction to to bitch. I don't know if it's if Justin your let it bleed bias is uh, coming through here or or what yeah. it is. But you know I respect it. Look, it's it's not blowing anyone's socks off, but it is kind of the perfect riff for the song. And as we established before, the horns. I mean, come on, horns are awesome. And I I think. You know, I I needed to spotlight a song, especially like this, that has a great fundamental riff in and of itself. And then you add the horns on top. It just kind of goes to show how amazingly versatile those instruments are, and and what it can do to a song, and what in this case it can do to a riff. So, I don't know. I I know Scott said he wasn't the biggest Rolling Stones fan. Obviously, Justin, <laughs> uh, a medi- mediocre blast for bitch. I don't know if I would uh, co-sign that, but I will endorse a, a Led Zeppelin victory here. Very nice. Scott, towering obviously, over mediocrity. towering you over know, mediocrity into the 616 from the playing game. Um, going after Lubs's kind of great streak there after your initial whiff with Cliffs from Dover. How are you feeling? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm feeling great. I feel like, uh, you know, the Rolling Stones is a little bitch compared to the Immigrant Song. So <laughs> yes. the dust. One, one thing to make you feel better. And, you know, last week when, uh, or the last episode when um enter sandman went down and we were talking about how like you know they they dug out of the mine a, a, a timeless gem that was only four notes right mm. this song immigrant song is two notes arguably three <laughs> but like when you think about that that riff yeah it's, it's basically two notes dun, dun 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 and it's like how simple is that but yet it is amazing so totally think yeah i, I agree it, it it easily passes uh bitch 
Um, and I'm and I'm proud it made it through. Yeah. But I'm just saying the song title with some disdain. But I'll, I'll give it to you. All right. <laughs> Good stuff, Scott. Congrats on your win, and congrats to Led Zeppelin. It is a, a true sick riff in, in every possible way. So it's going through the 616. Nice. Love it. All right, what do we got next, Dave? All right, we'll start it off with one of the surprise submits of round one, Lost Woods by Koji Kondo. Man, I just want to play some Zelda right now. So good. <laughs> Whiplash on this pod to go from hysteria I to freaking Zelda. <laughs> it's just so good. I love it. And that's going up against Sunday Bloody Sunday from you too. I mean, do we even need to talk about this? Come on. I mean, yeah, just it's lost pretty, woods. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, Justin was pretty hot off the gates last time around. If we don't put Sunday Bloody Sunday through, then something is seriously wrong here. As, <laughs> then you're quitting. As pop. Great, <laughs> yeah, I'm out. I'm, I'm stopping the recording. I mean, look, Lost Woods is an amazing submit. It's a deep cut. I love the video game representation. And everything that that song means to the game in terms of what you guys were saying, that it kind of is a part of the gameplay, it's so cool. But Sunday Bloody Sunday is, you know, a, a truly iconic drum intro and is one of, I think, uh, U2's most uh, recognizable moments. I, I think it absolutely has to win. Justin, I mean, come on. Are you with me here? I mean, yeah. Like, it's hilarious that Lost Woods even made it to the second round. And, you know. <laughs> no, it's not. It's great. Yeah, no. <laughs> And we got we got to talk about how sick Zelda is. Um, yeah, Ocarina of Time would win the sick video games Hall of Fame, no doubt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it would it would be absurd to suggest that um, Sunday Bloody Sunday would lose to Lost Woods. So you're right. Yeah, Sunday Bloody Sunday gets my vote. Of course. Moving on. Yes. yes. Sunday Bloody Sunday is amazing. Still loved. Still well done on the submit with Lost Woods. That was inspired. Yeah. 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 An inspired pick. One of one of. The- the most inspired i'd say yeah i mean obvious winner here but we all know lost woods is the true sickest riff (laughs) (laughs) man good stuff all right dave you want his with our next matchup we're now justin's feeling good the speed run is happening oh yeah that sonic spears in sight (laughs) you wow guys won't uh We'll appreciate that, but that's a little reference for the core four right there that's a deep wow cut i I got nothing there all right all right, next matchup started off with You Really Got Me by Van Halen. And that's going up against the first movement from Four Seasons Winter by Vivaldi. I was just waiting for that drop. <laughs> Headbang, man. It's like dead mouse. <laughs> man. Well, this is a classic Blake versus Justin matchup. I guess our last one was too. 
And again, showing our versatility here, we've got 80s hair metal uh, against, you know, 300-year-old meatball. I, I don't know if I have any strong opinions here, so I want to toss it to our strongly opinionated uh, man himself. Justin, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, b- believe it or not, uh, I have a strong opinion here. Uh, Vivaldi's got to take the cake, man. I think it's just so undeniably good. And because you really got me, is not really a Van Halen's. I keep wanting to say Led Zeppelin, but because it's yeah, not me really too. It's funny. Song, uh, it's just it's not sitting with me right. So I, I'm gonna have a strong defense for my boy Antonio Vivaldi. What do you think, Blake? Man, <laughs> Antonio getting a lot of love. Um, I, I hope he will be happy to hear that on the pod. Look, I. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough. The thing is, I don't have a lot of passion for You Really Got Me. I I, I think it's a shoe-in submit. Like When I was putting my list together, I'm like, of course I'm going to put this through. And I do think there's a lot to love about it. And when we were running the clip back, those muted guitar notes, again, in the chorus, Scott was kind of talking about how the riff slightly changes when it gets from the intro to the chorus, and he adds those just messy, kind of muted, chunky guitar notes. It's it's so cool, and I, I really just love how that sounds. It, it makes it seem much more live and kind of less calculated and polished and i think that's that's really neat and obviously eddie van halen is is a boss on the guitar um you know we just we just struck down a a novelty submit but i i hear justin's love of antonio on on four seasons and um i don't know the only thing that justin i would say is i don't think this is the sickest riff in four seasons um i you're more of a summer guy. I'm more of a summer guy. Come on. Oh, you're a summer I, third <laughs> guy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know how it is. Bunch of and, nerds. And that really, I mean, there's some energy to that clip. And of course, I would urge our listeners to go absorb the full, <laughs> the full ensemble of great music from the four seasons. But uh, some YouTube yeah. corner for Vivaldi. Some YouTube corner for Vivaldi. I don't know. I guess that was my only thing about this is like, if I was thinking about sick classical riffs, of course, you know, Vivaldi in Four Seasons is going to be near the top of the list, but I would I would kind of like put Summer Third Movement up there. Um, I, I talk about this as if I know anything about classical music. I don't, but it's just a sound. Sound like I do. You're a couple of orchestra nerds. <laughs> Something like that. You're um, right, man. Man, I don't know. I, again, because I don't have a lot of passion for you really got me aside from acknowledging that it is a sick riff and you know, we got into the second round. I don't have any qualms with moving our, our good friend Antonio into the six sixteen. Yeah. Justin, does that sound agreeable to you? Oh man. Over Tony V. Now, man. Tony V's moving on. Moving on. Yeah. Scott. What are your wow. thoughts? Are you, are you, are you shook? I'm, right I'm now? down. You know, it's, you know, it's cool. One thing about Van Halen is that, as as sick as the guitar is, like the lyrics of Van Halen songs are always so dumb, right? Like, and I don't know, is it David Lee yeah. Roth or whatever? But like, what is that song? Oh, like, girl, you really got me. It's like once the words, once the lyrics start, it's like so lame. But like, yeah, the I, guitar is awesome, right? In listening but, to that uh, song and, like, for jump, the submission, jumps another one. It's like the, the guitar is great, but it's like jump. <laughs> it's like I don't know. So I'm I'm fine with with Vivaldi moving on. I think it's fun. I think it's good. To me, again, I think it's very just. I, it's hard for me not to have, hear the commercialized version of everything with that song. But uh, but yeah, it's it's good stuff. And why not Tony V? Well, let's see how far he goes. Let's see what's uh, what what it goes up against next round. How far can 1750 go? We will find out. 
good stuff. All right, that lead, yeah, leads the, us to our last matchup. I was just going to say that the pod never ceases to surprise. Before seeing the bracket, who could have thought of a classical song getting in past Van Halen and ACDC? It is pretty amazing. <laughs> the beauty of the pod, man. Tony V's Send taken an award names. to his estate. I don't even know. If, like, yes, the down. vineyard. <laughs> All right, so moving into our last matchup of the day, we're going to start it off with Hysteria by Muse. And that'll be going up against Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. going to be tough and this is your chance to shoot down seven nation army what do you guys think i'm going to take advantage of this opportunity uh i think i'm going to want hysteria to move through here it's just an awesome bass riff and like i mentioned i think the guitar riff afterwards is super awesome and i just my qualms with seven nation army of course it's got to make it through to the first round but this is my chance here to stomp out the seven nation army flame right now (laughs) Justin is committed to being the gatekeeper uh, of seven nation army. And, and I, I can understand it for all the reasons we talked about. Yeah, this is, this is some classic uh, self self crime here, Blake on Blake crime, both submits coming from me and it's tough. I I was interested to hear where Justin would come out because I don't know. I mean, playing, playing the clips back seven nation army is so good. If you strip away all that stuff that, you know, kind of surrounds it, it, at the end of the day, it is just an amazing, amazing riff. And the fact that it is going to survive as a riff, you know, for for years and years to come, I mean, you know, Jack White and Antonio Vivaldi are going to be chilling together and talking about how their riffs just defined their respective eras. And, and so I think there is really something to be said for that. Of course, I also have a lot of love for Hysteria and, and Muse um, because I do think that, you know, I like spotlighting instruments that are not necessarily guitar. Um, the bass riff is truly insane on that track, and I don't know. It's uh, it, it was worth worth highlighting because of how how great it is and how high energy it is. Um, so I'm pretty torn. I, I as Justin so eloquently stated in week one, it's quite the predicament to have <laughs> two of your songs up against each other. And I think I I would maybe even lean Seven Nation Army a little bit, although I wouldn't be upset, of course. Uh, with either one winning because both are, are my submits. Um, Justin, are you are it's you either pretty lose lose or win win for you, uh, Blake? Something like that is so. Justin, are you pretty committed to to gatekeeping Seven Nation Army here? Hundred percent, man. <laughs> no hesitation. Hundred percent. No hesitation. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm digging my heels in for hysteria. Wow. And, and look, I guess. The only other thing I'll say on on White Stripes is I'm looking, and we haven't done this before, but I'm looking at the at the matchup and the fact that White Stripes would go up against Four Seasons in the six sixteen. Tony V. 
kind of amazing considering that you know we've been talking about the legacy of the riffs i just find that somewhat humorous oh i don't know this is pretty tough and i don't think it's one of those situations that we that we toss to the moderator because justin is so emphatic um and i'm maybe not as emphatic in the other direction right i'm i'm kind of on the fence um Justin, I want to hear your closing thoughts here, and then and then we'll see if I can't make a decision. Otherwise, we'll we'll toss it to Scott. Well, for the sake of podcast content, it would be pretty funny to have Seven Nation Army going up against its uh, <laughs> equal, you know, Vivaldi's Winter. So that <laughs> two peas in a pod. <laughs> is that really is that really how the matchup would play out? I think it would. Look yeah. at the bracket here. Is I that mean, right, D- Commissioner Dave? Yeah, should we be, maybe a call out to Dave? Should the, we be doing that or not? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, the brackets bracket set. All right, bracket is set. I guess teams do look ahead to who they would be facing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, I could, for the sake of the pod, I could maybe vote Seven Nation Army through just so we could have that discussion because that would be that'd be fun. Well, but are you just going to vote it to shut it down next time? It sounded like you were 100% gatekeeper. Yeah, well, then I could shut it down real hard, and then, you know, Vivaldi, four, uh, four seasons can go even further down the pod. So this is hard. <laughs> so now we're I'm getting into... Saying, he's just looking to give an advantage. This is bracket talk. talk. This, this is, is bracket, bracket talk. talk. I think we got to shut it down, Dave. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Man, we might be getting our first finds Wait. here because... We've strayed into uncharted territory where we are talking about g- gaming the system for future matchups. What are we going to say, Justin? Well, I've maybe compromised it, so I might have to just give you the vote all out, Blake, because I'm, I'm pretty 50 50. What? You're 50 50? You were 100% a second ago. <laughs> yeah, but but now he wants to give Tony V the win next he's, round. He's looking ahead of the matchup. Yeah, well, look, I've compromised my vote, man, so I think I'm, I'm out for this vote. <laughs> all right, Blake, quit waffling. Yeah. What are you going to do? Here's what I'm going to do. And hey, if I'm going to get fined by the commish, I'm going to do it. But I'm going to put Hysteria through for two reasons. Number one, I think it matches up pretty well against our man, Tony V. Number two, as Scott alluded to earlier, <laughs> it's coming in with some backup love, love from Uncle Loves. Ooh. The fact that Loves would choose this song to submit to the pod is, you know, that's saying something. As, as someone who's gotten one of his submits already into the 616. And I think that endorsement carries some weight, and we'll see how the format of the 616 shakes out. We're still trying to figure out the best way to kind of bring it all together and tie a bow on this crazy podcast. But I do think that having some duplication uh, on Hysteria can give it some some potential legs in the run. So look, Blake on Blake it feels crime. like there's some gamesmanship there hoping that Lubs will be the moderator. Hey, <laughs> I'm I'm leaving the door open for whatever it may be, but on that point alone, I'm going to go ahead and move Hysteria through. Nice. Wow. Lots All of right. controversy in that matchup. Lots of controversy. Yeah. I feel Back the commission breathing, breathing down my neck. Uh, Scott, what do you think about our our potential illegal moves here and also the matchup itself? Yeah, hilarious stuff. I love the 100%, no question, going to 50-50 in a matter of seconds. <laughs> Uh, I, if you had tossed it to me, I would have done the same thing. I think I would have put hysteria through. I wow, think seven nation army. It's you know, it's a little boring. It's a little expected. I think you know, mm-hmm. especially I'm not a, I'm not familiar with hysteria, but hearing that 
bass line again and also hearing the story about how the bass player dreads playing it because it just <laughs> shreds his fingers i love that um so yeah i think uh it's a sick riff you know put it, it through let's see riff. how he fares against uh vivaldi let's do it man jack white you know he's had his day he's had his day yeah. he's got plenty I mean, of Blake already got his guild with uh Fall that's Bisco. true that's right that's true. we've given him enough love on the pod interesting stuff all right i'll take it either way um a win-win or a lose-lose i'll count it as a win-win um Thanks for your thoughts, Scott. There you go. Dave, do you want to run us down the winners and then we'll go ahead and wrap things up on week three? All right. So our four songs moving on to the 616 are going to be Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin, Sunday Bloody Sunday by U2, and then the other matchup, Four Seasons Winter, the first move it by Tony V. Me? Hysteria <laughs> by Muse. What Man. a week. What a week indeed. Scott, are you what feeling... A week. Let me toss it to you as our moderator, as someone who's a little down in the dumps on our week two submits. Are you feeling better? Have we redeemed ourselves? Oh, hundred percent. This is, this week was great. In fact, I'll, I'll say this. I was down in the dumps myself before this pod <laughs> and I feel, I feel great. <laughs> this really cheered me up. Nice. Man, high some praise. Great, some great, some sick riffs, some, some throwback tunes, some, you know, some, some metal. We got some video game stuff. We got some classical. We, we had it all. It was awesome. Love Good to week. hear it. Well, thank you, Scott, for serving as the moderator. You made uh, a critical decision for us earlier on. And also the color commentary is always appreciated. So glad we could cheer you up. And uh, it, was, it was a blast having you on. Let me throw it one more time to GD, Dave, and then Justin, then we'll round it out. Dave, any quick takes on the week? How are things shaping up from the director's seat on, on the Sick Roof Hall of Fame after week three? Um, I mean, I disagree with what, what Scott said. It was a, a really fun week, some real variety here, a lot of surprise submits, some good memories thrown out there, just lots of good stuff. And uh, looking forward to next week. I mean, we'll see if we can get things uh, confirmed or whatnot, but who knows? Maybe we'll have a moderator coming all the way from Istanbul. Oh, wow. Our You'll moderator making some... Silky sounds of the call to prayer. <laughs> <laughs> making some moves out in the world our mystery moderator all right well mm -hmm. we'll see if that pans out thanks dave as always for keeping us organized and yeah after next week we'll have the 616 fully set which is gonna lead to our, our our epic season finale justin week three in the bag here you were all over the map in terms of your submits some, some duplicate artists some 300 year old meatballs and video game tracks what are your thoughts on week three overall well I love that of the eight song. Well, let me back up. Of the thirty-two songs I've submitted, the two real like joke songs that I put in there were Zelda and Vivaldi, and I love <laughs> that today those are the two songs that actually made it through to the second round. So that, that's great. That was just hilarious for me to watch unfold, and you know we didn't uh, we did not complete the speed run of Sikrif episode three. <laughs> However, not quite. Just under two hours. <laughs> no, not even close. However, uh, great time. This is my favorite podcast by far. You might even catch me listening to this whole thing again. Oh, hey. Wow. Wow. I Talk about high praise. praise. Probably on 1.5 speed. 1.5, skipping the gaps. Yeah, skips or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, I uh, had a great time hanging out with Scott and Super Dave. So good stuff, guys. Love it. Super Dave is a new nickname. Yeah. yeah. It's a good one. I think it'll stick. Um, well, look, appreciate you, Justin. Sorry we couldn't keep it under 60 minutes. We uh, we doubled up on that, but that's just how things go. Uh, but yeah, totally agree with everyone's thoughts. This was a, a great week. Some hilarious submits from all over the map. And I think the, the four tracks that we ended up with are 
again, super strong. That 616 is going to be brutal. And, uh, and I'm excited to see what the last four, you know, play-in songs are going to be next week. So look forward to that. We've got one more round of standard debate. And then afterwards, we will crown our winner of the Sick Riff Hall of Fame in our season finale. In the meantime, you can go to thegildedplaylist.com. We're going to post an updated bracket so you can track our progress, see uh, which songs won and lost this week. We're going to throw up a new Spotify playlist with the songs we discussed so you can dive into the Four Seasons, Zelda, all those great tracks, uh, and and truly marinate yourselves on, on what is and is not a sick riff. And then last but not least, there is a place to vote on the website uh, for the sick riffs. What do you think deserves to make it into future rounds? What are the riffs that you are digging the most? Would love to hear from you, our loyal listeners, um, and feel free to chime in with any takes. All that to say, it's been a blast here. We will see you all next week for week number four of the Sick Riff Hall of Fame. And clear.